The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome one and all to the DL Debate Thanks so much for tuning in Now on Highland Radio Are back via the podcast uh, Kevin, how's it going? Kevin Fury here is producing as ever Kevin, uh, are you on the sunbed? This man's glowing here There must be some secret behind it After all this Terrible rains go down this one. Look to cheer you up, of course. Any takes and any good news it takes, and of course, 086 60 25,000 WhatsApp. Uh, thanks as ever to Avon Borden previously for the Power or Plus, and of course, Donald Cavan for your news coming up on the evening show. Of course, it was a small matter of a wee kick around in Crow Park yesterday. The great contest that was the All Ireland football final. Uh, soon I'll be speaking. To two guys who have great time for uh, in terms of their views, but also great guys to, to meet up and know. Uh, one of the best sports writers out there, Irish News, is uh, Irish Newsman Cahar O'Kean. Also joining me, Kerry legend Mike Frank Russell. Uh, later on the show, we're going to run our, our, our views across the, the hurling world, the club hurling championship. I'm going to be speaking to Eugene Organ, a man who's played for... Uh, Club and County with some honour and of course cap, uh, managed uh, St Unions to a championship back in 2021 he's going to tell us all that's going on there a small matter of a ladies uh, minor final coming up, we're on about good news well that's something that the Donegal ladies are looking to do uh, for us, the minor ladies uh, they are playing Waterford in Kittigad this Saturday, we have uh, the likes of uh, Declan McDermott's our manager Barney Kearns and Coaching them, Tony Boyle, uh, Sean Boyce in there, Barry Dowds, of course, Maxi Curran, the pro- previous senior manager, says hard to compete at the top level when they're underage, isn't So these lads have set about trying to put things in place. Fair play to them. Remember, minors, of course, at the ladies go straight into the seniors, so it's a very, very important uh, part of their development. So, yeah, Kenny Gadd this Saturday v Waterford in the All-Ireland uh, minor final. Get along and support them. As I said in the intro... We have the small matter of the All-Ireland Final, the Colossus historical event of Dublin versus Kerry. And now I'm joined by Cahar O'Kane and Mike Frank Russell. How are you, lads? Good, Good Brendan. How are you? Good, uh, Brendan. How are you? Great, great to hear you. It's good to hear you. Mike, I'm going to start with you, Mike Frank. The history, um, the build-up. Listen, you know what it's all about, these finals. I was trying to get my grasp on it. There was so much talk and, and match-ups and rhetoric, but... Just generally, like, what was the feeling in Kerry, you know, around this All-Ireland, the importance of it? Of course, you were the number one for so long and around your time. The dub's the number one now. Was was it? Was there a bigger story, than a much bigger story than winning All-Ireland here? Was it trying to get back to being the, the number one team uh, in Ireland again and I suppose stopping the dub's, uh, the dub's I suppose, uh, attempt of nine medals and, and, and those wee background stories, were they, were they a, a big part of it also? Uh, they were, you know, but I suppose, look, the media and the supporters would, would focus in on that kind of stuff. But for the players, they were defending champions last year, Brendan, and, you know, we felt, you know, they were the top dog. We, I suppose I, I got it wrong myself. I didn't think Dublin were going to be the team three or four years ago. 
and yesterday came with like they beat back and their top dog again. So look, it was a hard one to take for Kerry yesterday because uh, it nearly puts last year's semi-final into question now when they were missing Conor Callaghan and the Dubliner back up there again. So look, Kerry have lost finals before. We have to get back up in the horse now again. But look, hats off to Dublin. I think just slightly they were the better team, yes, and, and deserved it. But disappointment, we put ourselves in a position to win the game. But, you know, down the stretch... The, dub, the leaders, the Fintons, the Kilkenny's, the Howards, the Mannions, they stood up the, the what we've regularly seen over the last couple of years and, and they got they got the job done. But going into the game, yeah, there was there was fierce build up. Probably a lot of that is with the supporters too and the history and the Razmataz. But um uh yeah, look, um Kerry, apart from maybe Stephen O'Brien and uh, Paul Gini are over thirty, the rest is a relatively young team. So look, it was a soccer punch yesterday because we t- we thought maybe the, the pendulum was swinging our way after last year beating them in the semi-final but look hats off to Dublin yes they, 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 they're back up at number one again unfortunately from McCary's perspective yeah yeah. well listen McGregor it was difficult so uh, fair play for the honest assessment Cahar us neutrals and of course you being a dairyman you were nearly not a neutral you could have been up there uh, with a wee bit of the red and white aren't you <laughs> you nearly you nearly made it Cahar you made a brave fist of it but Cahar Build up to this, you know, we, we wanted this dream final and uh, particularly with both forward lines being so heavy laden with with uh, absolute stars, maybe versus their defence. Was it never going to be that way, Carl? Did you always expect? I mean, I thought it was going to be kind of tight, tightly, maybe first half opened up, but it really was, was on edge. The whole match was on edge. It was, it probably was an edgy game, but to be honest, I, I think it was more to do with the conditions than the, the approach the teams took like w- when I saw he kind of there was no huge surprise that Kieran Kilkenny came in to the Dublin team I was delighted when I saw during the week that Stephen O'Brien was starting for Kerry because Kerry were starting with five orthodox forwards and Dublin were starting with six and to me you know th- there was no way then that either team was going to go with an approach that they were going to drop way off and, and I just felt that it kind of got destroyed a tiny bit by the fact that the pitch was so greasy. The rain came beforehand and the players were visibly struggling early on to get their feet, to get their handling. And with both teams kind of so terrified of turnovers, that was the one thing that they wanted to avoid. They didn't want to carry the ball into traffic and get turned over. And and it just meant that I think the game got played with a wee bit of fear of that as opposed to ever really, truly opening out. Uh, even though like there were loads and loads of turnovers, and that, that kind of summed it up because teams were still, they were trying their absolute damnest to avoid them, but they were still getting turned over so regularly. And because a big factor in that too was the fact that David Goff was the referee, and that is, you know, he allows the contact more, him and Brenton Colley were the two in line for the final, and they both, are the most consistent in terms of refereeing the contact and allowing for the ball to be turned over in, in the tackle. And so that that combination of factors just, it did, it took a wee age out of the game and a wee bit disappointed that I think had it been a dry day, I think it could have been a really, really good final because the two teams from their lineups, you could see they wanted to go and both won it. And I think we just had that stripped of as a wee tiny bit. Mm. Did you think? Did you think, Mike Frank? That it's a good point about Car Dublin and yourselves want to attack the game. That's why teams love you so much. But then again, you have 
maybe the talent to do that. But there's a few, I suppose, incidents there. I, I felt the one maybe uh, Gannon's tackle on on Shane Ryan. He seemed to get a bit of treatment in that first half. Did he maybe look at Ryan before he when he hit him? There was a few maybe McCarthy as well. It took a while for a yeah. yellow card to come. Did you think that maybe Goff? I mean, I thought he did really well overall. He tried to let the game flow as what yeah. we want. But there was maybe from a carry perspective, a couple of tackles going in. You're thinking well, that's a yellow. You know, and it would have put people under uh, serious pressure. Yeah, I, I agree 100% everything what Kerr said there. Like, the, it's a pity the rain did come because it, this could have been a blockbuster. It was it was brilliant as it was, but I think even there was one or two balls even within Paul Gini there in the first set and he just nearly got it in the corner, but just skidded out, just the skid of the surface, just took it. But David Goff, to be fair, I thought he rested very well, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be that critical. Maybe you might, okay, there's one or two maybe cards James McCarthy played on the edge of small with the, the Clifford Fitzsimons, the free in or where the hot ball after was, was a big in. But other than that, you know, I thought he got most calls fairly spot on, to be fair to him. Look, he's one of the top refs in the country. But um, just going back to, you know, you're trying to pick out where, where Dublin won the game or where Kerry lost it, but my opinion from the start of the game, Dublin tackled really hard. They really set up their stall. They were really intense. They they got they pushed up and Kerry once. Kerry hit the 45, whereas Kerry, I thought, were a bit passive. They left them come on to us a bit more. But Dublin really put serious pressure on the half-back line coming up the field. And they forced us down the left channel, away from Clifford's corner. Uh, they obviously worked hard on that. And it was going down Darmine and Paul Guinea's side a lot. But uh, hats off to Dublin for doing that, and they 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 tried to suck uh, carry down that side away from Clifford. So, but no, the referee, I think I think he refs as best he's good. There's always going to be one or two instances, Brendan, where he maybe so, maybe so. But overall, I thought I thought he did a fantastic job. To be fair, yeah, yeah, I agree. Listen. Uh it's a tough thing to be doing there. I wouldn't fancy yeah. his job. Um, Car, just that first half, um, Mike Frank's talking about there. When, when Dublin were breaking, they looked like they were breaking. They, they were sucking Kerry and the better. Kerry were very methodical in their build-up. It was very much play it through the hands. There never seemed to be a kick pass on, but that's the speed at which Dublin were clogging up the, the gaps. And as Mike said there, Clifford didn't, wasn't in the game at all, which was perfect for them. Dublin kind of looked like they were in control a bit. Then they had the bang of the, the bit of brilliance in it. A course from Clifford which had to come uh, into the Guinea goal it was question marks about a, a potential hop but listen I, I think we, he just about gets the benefit of the doubt but Kerry going in at half time then buoyed by that you know they must have been they must have been the happier team at half time because I felt that Dublin were the more dangerous team in terms of the counter attack yeah, I would totally agree. I thought I thought Dublin were the better team in the first half. I thought Kerry were the better team for the majority of the second half. Um, but probably will feel, to be fair, they probably feel in some regards that they left it behind because of the nature of the goal that they gave up. It was such a cheap turnover, uh, you know, such a cheap ball to give away in such a dangerous position that, you know, Dublin almost couldn't feel to, to score a goal from for where they turned it over. And there is, there is I've been saying it all year, I, I, you know, I put my neck out, a couple of months ago, I said I didn't think Dublin would win the All-Ireland. I didn't see how they would win it. But the one thing that they had to their advantage was if they got you stripped of the ball, they're still the best team in Ireland at hurting you on the break. And I think we saw that yesterday. There was a point that um, Paul Mannion kicked in the first half into the canal end where, where Dublin turned the ball over 25 yards from their own goal and about five of them broke 
a breakneck speed. Mannion made the run in behind and got the ball. And for a second, you thought the goal was on, but he kicked the point. There were, there were chances when Kerry stripped the ball and it was just lower. It was it, it didn't come out with the same intensity or the same numbers that, that they would have carried the same threat. And largely, I think Kerry, again, slightly back to the conditions and also Mike Frank pointed out there as well, rightly, that Dublin did a lot of work on keeping the ball out of the channel that Clifford likes to get it in. Um, I, I think Kerry never quite got to play the game that they wanted to play and probably managed fairly well considering all that but it just the running game I don't think is as strong as as I, I genuinely I think Derry would have made a better fist of the conditions in some ways and that they, they would have been more suited to that structured kind of game that would have broke down a team well set up in those conditions um, whereas I think Kerry were lots of one-off runners one-up runners and, and going into tackles and then getting turned over kind of repeatedly and too repeatedly and you know for all that we're still three points up and in a real good position and looking at that stage they were going to win it and you know there were still a couple up they kicked four wides in six seven minutes between about the 54th and 61st minute when they looked in control and ready to just put Dublin away mm -hmm. they just kicked those wides in that time Thomas Sullivan's wide Clifford's off his right foot um, trying to remember the others, but you know they had four chances that they yeah. missed, and that just uh, Clifford's one dropped into Cluxon's hand. Sorry, that was the other one. Um, they just left it behind. I would say I think they were the better side in the for most of the second half, but the goal that they conceded just really, really hurt them. Yeah, and the goal, Mike Frank was was um, listen. I know Con had rattled the bar just before before yeah. there and. Cahar's on about those those periods of the game. As a supporter sitting in and listen, you've been there and done it. How 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 gut wrenching is that? Because you're thinking to yourself, you know, you're playing Dublin here. We need to take these chances, you know. And Jack O'Connor's quoted as saying that even after the goal, there was a response, but it took so much out of the team. And you know, in the modern game now, now uh, Mike Frank, pace and energy are so so important. That's why the subs coming on are so vital. You know, going back to kind of the early days we were playing. You know, you, you might have an odd sub coming on now. They're absolutely vital for that energy. So it was funny yeah. that he had said that that took so much out of him. Was that, was that your feeling uh, too, Mike, that these the, these missed chances were, that they couldn't happen? Dublin were going to hit a purple patch? Yeah, and Joe goes back to Carr's point there. When we were coming out, we were just at not as pacey as Dublin when they were coming out. And as a result, Gavin White, we just dwelled on it for a second and we got turned over and... Bang, it was game on. But in fair juice to Kerry, they went three ahead again. But we couldn't get that four point, that four, what I called the insurance. Against Derry, we were able to do that. But maybe we were out on our feet at that stage. And then enters Jack Flash, Jack McCaffrey. And I thought he did a lot of damage just with his legs. He just, we ended up just having to foul him the whole time. He he did a lot of damage, just I thought, to be honest. And we, Killing Splank came on from our bench, got a point. But we didn't have the same impact as they had against, say, Derry. And that was probably the deciding factor then going down the stretch. Yeah, which, you know? which was the unfortunate thing about starting Stephen O'Brien, um, you know, in, in terms of, of that. One, one other wee thing, my friend, Shane Ryan, you know, obviously Cluxton doesn't come out. He, Dublin don't ever mm. need to see him to come out. He did make a few breaks out in the first half, and I thought that might have been an action. Now, when Dublin were sitting deep, it's a wet day, you want to avoid a tackle. One way to do that is to get an overload off someone else, create a bit of problem. Do you think he could have been a, a bit more adventurous uh, in the game? Mm. 
Yeah, because Shane Ryan plays full four for the club. He got a point against Derry. No, it's not. I suppose it's not naturally Kerry in Dublin's game for the two keepers to come out. But in the last game or two, Shane Ryan has been a bit more adventurous. But yeah, maybe it was an option we could have explored more because there might have been a point in a point or two in in a game like this. Is huge. It's absolutely huge, you know. But uh, going back to the sub impact in. Were Kerry forced to start Stephen O'Brien with Tony Brosnan being withdrawn through sickness? Uh, I think he might have been a loss too. He's a shooter close in towards the end of the game. We 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 could have done it maybe another another forward to help Clifford as well as Killian Spillane. You know, it's small margins. You know, you could be talking about these things, but look uh, from the sixty when he went to one thirteen each. Then, as I said, even Key Murphy came on. He was an option for the kickouts from Dublin. They seem to have. A, the bench made a small bit more impact, I thought, for Dublin. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's deep, deep discussions going on down in Kerry now, Mike, Frank, I can only imagine some of the stuff that's happening because they will be licking wounds and, and uh, probably very soon planning another attack. Car, just just around Dublin, and you, you know, I know you went out in a, a limb saying no. Listen, you got to do that from time to time, haven't you? you go, you got to go out and call it, otherwise you're just sitting yep. down. Blah, and listen, yeah, fair play to you. You, I, have, to I, be, I like you have, to be, have to be wrong the odd day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even somebody as knowledgeable as you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm on record la, la, last week, Dublin by two, okay? So, um, no, I should have put my money where my mouth was. But do you know what, man, I highlighted, Cahar, uh, was, was Mannion. And uh, mm. I know he did kick a few wides as well as his points, but I just felt that in, in this game, if both teams were setting a bit deep, that it was going to take somebody a bit rangy to be able to kick the ball over the bar. And I couldn't see anybody to match him on the other side. Now, I was surprised. Listen, he had an absolutely phenomenal game. And as I say, he still kicked four wides, but he did kick five <coughs> points. Do you, was that the key, maybe, when, when you break it down? Was his bit of quality from range uh, across the two teams from what we were kind of expecting from everybody else? I thought, to be fair, I think Mannion has got progressively better as the year has gone on and, and was probably his best performance yesterday. Um, he kicked a couple of big scores for them that they, they probably hadn't been getting there. One of the reasons that I thought they wouldn't win the All-Ireland was because of their shot selection and their execution uh, was was when you looked at them was really letting them down um, in games and I suppose against weaker opposition, they were still creating so many opportunities that it didn't matter. But I, I felt when it came to it, that those things were going to come back to bite them. But Mannion really sort of had a stride um, towards the tail end of it. And he was, there's no doubt about it, a massive impact. And like Frank mentioned there, he's right, Jack McCaffrey was was enormous in that game yesterday. Um, Kerry did not really know what to do with him other than foul him. They just they couldn't really do anything else with him. And and they just resorted to to that. So th- those couple of big, obviously, returns. Cluxton's even is impact, you know, because uh, people shouldn't look past the two dead balls that he kicked because, you know, obviously Dean Rock's career looks like it's at its end, by, judging by his comments after the game yesterday, like, and, and hasn't really been in the team. And they don't really have that reliable a free ticker on either side. You know, not a, they don't have a Sean O'Shea. On, on either side of the field and for Cluxton who hasn't kicked scores for, for I don't know when his last score was in a, in a big championship game um, to come up yesterday and nail the first point of the game as if you know it was totally I suppose, so much experience but they were two big big scores as well in the context of of Dublin not passing up those kind of opportunities that they were going to need to, to crawl over the line basically 
Yeah, yeah. Listen, interesting. And Mike Frank, just looking across your team, you know, you, you want to go out and, and, and play well. There, there didn't seem to be maybe, I suppose, them standout players. It was very workmanlike, I think, both teams in terms of putting in a shift. That was number one. Uh, yeah. But maybe some of your players to excel. You know, I, I thought maybe Tom O'Sullivan did well. You know, Tag Morley did well. Obviously, Shane Ryan, you know, his kick, I think he got uh, 21 to 24 uh, to, to green and gold men. You know, I, th- I thought um, maybe Jim O'Connor, O'Connor broke broke even. Jack Barry probably lost his battle defence. And, you know, outside of that, you know, Sean O'Shea, very quiet second half. Stephen O'Brien did well. Body Clifford had them three points in that spell. You'd have to say did okay. And Ganey, when I was looking at it last week, Mike Frank, I thought Ganey was really going to have to have a big game. A, a wee bit like Mannion on the other side. I thought they were the players that maybe could win or lose the game. And Ganey did, did well, but again, taken off. You know what? What would you be feeling on 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 Guinea being taken off and really, you know, a lot of the players not really finding their best form, which was a bit similar to the semi final as well. Would that be a bit of a worry? Yeah, look, I think look the Derry game it went down the stretch as well, and uh, fifteen minutes in the Derry game we didn't score for <laughs> thirty minutes in the first half. Yes, only three points, and fifteen minutes in the second half didn't score. So look, it is a worry. It came back to haunt us a bit with being too reliant on Davis. Um, I thought we could have played Paul Guinea's side a bit more, but Dublin, in fairness, they shoved us down that left side. They kept us, you know, and they put bodies back to They cut off the channel to Clifford. So hats off to them. But you're going through the players there who play well. I suppose Dublin had that 11 or 12 players. We had the eight or nine. They just had that few extra players that played better as on the day. I thought we were a bit conservative too. We did. Dublin just had that extra bit of maybe off the bench to Jack McCaffrey's that little bit extra just to get him over the line but it was so tight it was just look it was tight margins I mean God almighty you know Kerry could be champions today if they got that four point but they got it against Derry but look yeah I suppose the bench impact for Dublin was slightly bit better but I think a man who hasn't got much mentioned today either is Colin Baskell I thought he had a massive second half he kicked two points uh, he took the turnover for the goal he walked his socks off he set up Finton for the, the the lead score and he got fouled for the Roxbury at the end. So he had a massive second half for a lad who had a you know, quite first half, you know. But Baskell and uh, as the uh, car said there, uh, Mannion stood up and they probably had that another player or two extra than Kerry to stand up. And that's just, just a fine margin, you know. Yeah, yeah, but my friend, I have to ask you the, the, the point that could have equalised it, which could have taken it to a draw, I think, yeah. uh, from, from Clifford. You know, listen, it was unlucky, his radar was a bit off. Yeah. The one that Cahar mentioned earlier, the one he took on his right foot. You know, listen, the guy's a great right foot. He's an absolutely god of a left foot. You, as a, you had an unbelievable left foot yourself. Would you rather there to go tiny step to your left and try and dink, dink that? And all those tackles coming in, you get set up on your right. What what would you be happier uh, doing there? You would probably kick it over your right hand enough, but <laughs> the rest of us on, on the, the weak foot. Yeah. The one thing about uh, it was the, the, both defences were on top for both sides for a lot of the game. Yes, any scores, uh, I just Dublin seemed to get maybe those even manual score. They seemed to have a little bit extra uh, more time. Whereas any carry scores, Dublin were there's a boot down. They you know they were hard there, and even the two points the Clipper got mixed with Simon was still there diving in at the last second. So. I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I think Dave was right to shoot. Killian Splane came on. We were looking for someone else to take the burden. So 
David took the responsibility. I've no qualms with him doing that. Most days they were going over. He's he's the type of player that uh, he's entitled to take the shot. So I, I don't know. You, you know, some people say no, work the percentage shot back around. But for, with Clifford, it's always on. So no, no qualms there. You know. Yeah, yeah. And Car, where where does that kind of do you think leave the season? Because. It, we were talking about it like I was talking to you way back about this wide open championship and we were making a case for teams you know Galway were kind of fancied in there as ever as every season we got caught up in a bit of Mayo hype um, mm. you know after that people were thinking possibly a Tyrone maybe a Derry you know we were saying anybody could have attempted it do you, do you think that what you've seen at the weekend there means that these teams are, are any way further ahead or do you think those teams that I mentioned aren't that uh, far off and, and could could still challenge uh, these sides next season? No, I, I think it's very much the latter. I think it's very much that the there is an All-Ireland or two there to be won by other counties over the next few years. I think we'll see a few of the Dublin retirements again. I think you, you mightn't see Cluxton again, you mightn't see McCarthy again, you mightn't see Rock again. And it is going to be, you know, they struggled without them. You don't know how fulfilled Jack McCaffrey will have been by his year, given his his injury troubles and, and actually played so little of the of the championship when he did come in. So does he stick about? You know, there's those question marks over Dublin, um, and they're not the team that they were. You know, they're not the robotic control and outfit that just dominated and pummeled their way to all Ireland's and nobody could touch them. Um, they're they're not that team. Kerry. Yeah, I actually wrote on Saturday before the game that yeah, Jerry don't look like a team that are sort of set up mentally to dominate football the way that that Dublin team did. Yeah, I think talent-wise, you know, obviously they won five minor All-Irelands in a row and there should be enough stuff there that when Dublin are getting pushed out of the way, Kerry are the team that are, are there. But I mean, Clifford and Dermot O'Connor are both be 25 before the end of the year. They're the two youngest players on the on the starting team. No obvious sign of on the bench where there's three or four superstars ready to be blooded in attack or ready to be to be pushed in. And I think Kerry's style of play, they're not as methodical and they're not as willing to go down the road of sucking the life out of a game. They want to play football. And for everybody else, you know, there's a lot of days that means you're going to get absolutely bothered by them. But when it comes a day like Sunday where Clifford is a wee bit off, then they're human and there's opportunities to beat them. And I think Derry showed that they can mix it in a different way from everybody had seen them capable of mixing it. I think Galway will come back. I think Mayo will get stronger and will look at the first half of their performance against Dublin where I thought they played by far the better football in the first half of that game and only for making a mistake in their man-marking arrangement to corner back on, on Basquiat uh, they probably would have been five or six points up and you know so no, I think I think the All-Ireland could be very open for the next couple of years the, the two at the top are still probably a nose or a, or a half a head in front but they're not they're not head and shoulders the way that Dublin team would have been nowhere near it yeah we well get McGuinness back hey, and we'll be a few bands got back together I think that seems to work well Car. We'll, we'll get rid of that statement that's the last time we're going to see it again <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, Mike Frank you must, you must enjoy hearing this uh, possible retirement I know listen as a Kerry man 
you never you want to beat the best. But listen, there, there will be a, a change over there, and whether Desi Farrell's had enough of us in a, in a very awkward tenure, you know, in terms of all Ireland this first year, you get no respect for, it, and then the, the couple of semi final defeats. You know, Cluxton, mm. Cluxton will probably end up uh, having his own chat show uh, with you, imagine, <laughs> or something like that. Maybe surprise us, you know. But my friend, just, just you know, Kerry, we're we're so far away. We're we're the most further, two furthest away counties. Like we're looking at Dublin now. Like there's Dublin lads there with, with Donegal blood in them. You know, obviously, so many of us end up in Dublin yeah. college, and we're. Listen, you're way down there, and we're often wondering what's happening in Kerry. And Kerry obviously mentioned underage pushing that. Was there this massive feeling? You know, obviously, 2019, you, you had the, the, the drawing game. It, you pushed that brilliant Dublin team. They were going for five in a row at the time to the pin of their collar, uh, beating the replay. It, was there a feeling that, that it was all all out attack on Dublin, that, that everything had to be done from underage up? You had the, the strange Peter Keane. Uh, era there where you tried to go a bit defensive, couldn't get the the mix right, and you know through COVID and that it was kind of it was kind of boring football. It wasn't football that Kerry were used to. Then Jack O'Connor comes in, gives the whole thing a lift. So as you mentioned, the age range is good there, the underage. So certainly, yeah. certainly Kerry are on up and up. I mean, if many ways there could be there could be more of a lift from this team than from the from the Dublin side. Yeah, and I, I just read a comment from Jack O'Connor today. You know, the age profile, look, it, it's it's a good enough. It's it's good, you know, the majority team are 25, 26, coming to that right age of the prime. But look, as he said, you, you, the All-Ireland, when it's still there on the line, you still have to go and win it. They're not easy one, you know. Um, look, I thought during the week that Dublin, they brought back clocks and Paul Mannion. I thought maybe it's hard to go back. You can't go back to clock, wind back the clock. And it was a mistake, but I was wrong. But, you know, it was small margin yesterday. We could have been having a different conversation today. And if Kerry went on and got the four point and pushed on, you'd be saying, yeah, it was a mistake. Uh, the Kerry were right. They're, they're, they're going to take over now. So, look, we're in, yeah, it was, yesterday was devastating, but look, with the county championship coming up now with the club and there'll be young lads hopefully around the county on the 3-1 panels hoping to try and break into the team and well they should have the the ambition to be getting in there and hopefully challenging again next year but look Kerry and Dublin they're still the two best teams in the country from what I've seen yes and they're probably just a nose ahead of but yeah you have you have the teams underneath in the Galway can they push on next year the other teams things like that you know but yeah uh, still a bright future for Kerry and Dublin as well they're look I'm sure that it's going to inspire another generation of young Dublin footballers and development squads up there as well. But I suppose McCurry's perspective will be glad to see in the back of if James McCarthy, if he does retire, <laughs> what, a, what a fantastic footballer, you know, hats off to him. Yeah, Mike Frank, you don't think there's something there with the number 10 in terms of wanting to get there 10? Uh, would that be a thing or, or, or what do you think? Uh, well, I think with Stephen Cluxon, you can never put it past him, you know, I think the man's a genius, you know, but... Uh, Look, I'm sure they, they, they said even in the commentary in the Sunday game last night and today some of those players have come out and said it was their sweetest one ever as the fact they've been written off the last two years. So look, um, nothing but admiration from down here in Kerry. But just one word, two and the two Clifford boys, they, they had a tough year this year with yeah. burying their mother. Uh, Dave is 24 years of age. He's a superstar down here. Every kid down here wants to be David Clifford and... Uh, They've been fantastic ambassadors for Kerry this year, and after a tough year for them personally as well, you know. Yeah, very, very tough year. Very brave of them to come out and play after. Day well done to them. Um, 
That was a good line he said about Cluxton. You can never put it past him. Maybe he didn't mean that the way it came out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Paul, yeah. G- Paul Gainey might might argue with you on mm-hmm. on on that one. Car, is that is that kind of the, the the reading of it then that that uh, that these two footballing uh, powerhouses can be caught? There's going to be ups and downs with them. Um, can you see Desi Farrell staying on, Car? I mean, if if you were him, I think all of us would think right. We've, you've kind of proved yourself now, or. You know the Pat Gilroy uh, factor in the background there. You know um, to have people of his caliber around there, he just seems like. I mean, there's such good word in him in terms of maybe it was him pulled the whole thing back to Giller and got the best of best of of Dublin as well. Not taking anything away from Desi, listen, he you know, won the Rage All Ireland and that and was an unbelievable player himself. But should they leave Dublin, there's always that opportunity for a bit of a turnover, and those players are such core players and and Cara listen I was out having a couple of zero zero stouts there in Gidor last <laughs> night as you do and I was I just caught the end of something there they were discussing the, the player of the year and 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 they went for McCarthy I'll not ask this to Mike Frank because uh, I just caught Tomas O'Shea and he was outvoted but uh, where, where would you be feeling was was he the most standout player for you this season uh, I, I no I'd say the final I, I thought it was a shoe in for for uh, uh, for David See, this is it. Um, funny, I had this conversation this morning. I actually, I would have said a, a couple of weeks ago that I felt that it was going to take something fairly special to take football of the year off McCarthy um, at that stage. But I think the problem, in fairness, the problem that David Clifford has is that you could just, I, I, you know, you could write his name on the bottom of that trophy every year from now till 2035 because he's going to be the best footballer in Ireland for each one of those years and there's no disputing that he is the best footballer in Ireland by an absolute country made so it's almost as if you have to kind of accept that he's not he can't win it every year so you have to look at those wee bits where he's maybe just imperfect or (laughs) the wee bits where he just drops a wee tiny so and it's probably completely unfair that he's going to be judged to a completely different standard from anybody else has ever been But, but he is that exceptional of a footballer that it's nearly the only thing you can do otherwise you're just going to have football of the year for 10 years consecutive yeah, and not yeah. be able to give it to anybody else like and that's yeah. right so the only McCarthy I thought had his, had his worst game of the year last or, or yesterday you know and was probably lucky lucky enough he didn't get the line you know he walked walked the line on four or five fouls um, and wasn't wasn't a particularly huge influence on the game but an influence on every other game this year and a huge influence on Dublin and I just I love him. I love the style of play that he has. I love that I love those types of leaders that just you can tell that he doesn't say much. I think Bernard Brogan described him in his book as her big silverback gorilla. You know, he just he just does things. He just he leads by example and he plows through tackles and he makes tackles and he uh, and and I think people respond to that as much as they respond to, to people talking as well. So if he gets it, I'd be delighted for him. I think he's had a brilliant year. And uh, But equally, like if they give it to David Clifford, my God, who who's going to argue, <laughs> yes, really? Yes. He only has the four, four All-Stars at this stage, too. I do feel sorry for him. <laughs> uh, Mike, Frank, listen, will they just go shortly? Your only fear now would be that the Saudis come in and, and put a bid in for David and buy him off. <laughs> Hope not. Has <laughs> he played other sports? I suppose he doesn't really have time. He doesn't look like a guy. He looks like a guy who would say he could literally do anything, basketball included. Well, he's a PE teacher by profession, so uh, I'm sure he's dabbling in a lot of sports with his students in the school. So 
Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he take his hand to anything. Yeah, yeah, he played. He played a wee bit of soccer when he was younger. He would have I took mean, to the soccer when he was a cub, and then he he made a decision sort of fairly early on and, and stuck with the Gaelic from there. But he'd be a big. I know he's a big Celtic fan. Like he'd be over to Parkhead a fair bit and uh, be engaged yeah. that way. Like, but yeah, no, I think yeah. it's sh- there's a lot of chat about the AFL with him for a while as well. But I don't think yeah, it was ever. Thank God he decides to stay. Yeah, he. Um, thank God. Yeah. Mike, oh, that, that's not something that you think he's closed the closed the, the 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 book on that. I would think so. Yeah, um, I t- yeah, he's twenty four now. Not he's not old by no means, Jesus. But I think for the AFL, um, that's probably it. Probably need to be going over earlier. Maybe twenty one, twenty two. Would you'd imagine would be the cut off there? But I might be wrong. You know. But um, I can't. Imagine, I, think, I can't. I can't believe they didn't snap me in New York that time we were out. I'd say you were. Maybe they seen all the carry home we were at. They were like, "No, we don't need any agents about like these." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, just to be there yesterday with Carrie, you, you know, it's a fantastic atmosphere. Like it was edge of the edge of the seat stuff. Um, it came to the sixty-eight minutes, one thirteen each, and you're like, "Who who's going to go for it here?" But the free in job it was turned over for the hot ball Dublin went down the field and Baskill was involved in that as well but Finton there Kikini you know they, they just made the right decisions there it was the clutch moments yeah. and they had more players to stand up there it was just you know Paddy O'Shea God rest him great manager us with Kerry he would say a grain of rice would tip the scales and I just, I just that came into my head yesterday it was a grain of rice that's just tipped the scales in Dublin's favour you that's know it. but congratulations to them that's that's it, my friend. Listen, we'll be we'll be talking again. Thanks very much, lads, for summing all that up. That was a great chat here this evening. I'll speak to you as uh, as the year goes on, somewhere down the tracks. Thanks, lads. Thanks, thanks, thanks Yep, yeah, Mike Frank Russell there, Caro Kane, two great men. Really enjoyed that summing up yesterday's fair in the All Ireland uh, football final. Double Dublin coming through, champs again. As I said at the top of the show, I'm going to speak with Eugene Organ now uh, after the break just on the Donegal Club Championship scene. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen and there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Yes indeed, uh, wrapping up the football for the year uh, so it's all off to the club scene now and the club hurling scene has been rattling on and we're getting to the, the crunch semi-finals. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by former uh, Unions and Donegal star, of course, a man who's managed the Unions to a title as well, Eugene Organ. Eugene, how are you this evening? Not too bad, Bernard. Thanks for having me. You're keeping well? Ah, struggling away. <laughs> struggling away, no better man. Eugene, I was just looking at, I, I didn't realise you were a bit of a dual player before you Come back up to LK here. You were you were at uh, you were at college and you were up and down and then you committed to St. Unions. We mean you could have played together, but you only you kept to the small ball. You you, you kept your football and uh, uh, away from me. Anyway, I didn't I didn't see you out kicking the big ball. No, yeah, you were too much of a star. If you fed it, injure you. Well, you know what? I uh, talk about being injured. I had played a wee bit from Bort when I was a kid, and uh, when the hurling got started up, uh, I was mad to come out and play a match. But Mickey Gibbons banned me. Because uh, he, he tried to play, and I think he broke his hand or broke a bone in his hands, and he came in with a cast on. He, he showed it to me. He said, "You're out, you're." <laughs> but of course, they let Mark Crossan play because you weren't able to tell Crossan what to do. But Crossan was a good old soldier for you as well. 
I was a very athletic kind of a fellow, but you know, he kind of a fellow put his head where he wouldn't put a hurley. Like you know, he's very, very committed. You know, <laughs> a real good guy, American fairness. You know. <laughs> and, and tell me, Jim, we, we never we had another great season here at Donegal in terms of you know, the, the competitive nature of of two uh, uh, B and and somewhere for years we couldn't be at. Uh, Eugene, is is the county thing and the club thing is one pulling up the other? How do you how do you see the general scene now with with the with the new clubs that have come in and and uh, and the extra hurling being played around the county? Yeah, it's a combination of both. It's a combination of very good underage structures within the county, good club structures, and then that feeds into the county. And then the county, like under Mickey McCann, a very shrewd operator, a very very good fella, and then he's brought in coaches as well, which is which has developed. But like. It all started, I suppose, with Donegal being able to stay in 2B of, of the league for a couple of years and exposure to the better teams and the better, faster type of hurling ha- has helped, like, you know, and then that feeds into the, the championship then and the, the Nicky record, you know. Yeah, and we're, we're always lucky, of course, to have a few people that come, like yourself, from more fo- uh, more hurling heartlands in terms of maybe their impact, in terms of pulling pulling up the players around them and that you see there's a big influence in, in Donegal where different people have come in and really helped uh, clubs and you know be, become uh, adopted Donegal men well, well that's true I suppose uh, um, Donegal has been very welcoming to lads from from outside the county um, our own club especially and then Satanta have had a few in there which have had but look there's, there's always been good good hurlers like within the county you know you'll always have in every single county you'll have 10, 15 outstanding players like you know but the difficulty is there's only two or three in each club whereas you know down in the stronger counties you know you have 15, 20, 30 players and you can pick four or five of them really good players you can pick four or five of them from each from each club and then you have a really really strong inter county panel but um, yeah, no, like I said, like uh, Davin Flynn would be a, a name that we've been throwing about in the last number of years. Very, very good hurler. Um, you know, Declan Coulter has come in there to Tanta as well. Our own Darren Malija has come up um, from Dublin. And look, they all, they bring a bit more and then lads want to kind of emulate what they're doing and be as good as them. And it just drives on in training and that's how you become better, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, so far this season... Um uh, we've, seen, we've seen, of course, the, the powerhouse of Satanta and, and St. Junins racking up big scores in games, you know. Um, you know, we're at semi-final stage now. Have you seen a progression from the other teams? You know, obviously Dunlow's in there now, you've, you've McCool's, Carindotta, sides like it. Uh, are they, can you see progression with them in terms of ever getting up to that level? I know you yourself in 21, you know, it was at that stage it looked like Sedanta was going to absolutely boss the Donegal Club Championship scene, but you know, you just managed to pull together a, a brilliant season of winning, and, and Unions have kicked on from there as well. But for 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 the other teams to get up to that level, uh, can you see progression there? Yeah, well, look, there is progression. They're just, I suppose, at different stages. If you're to say at the start of the year, pick your four semi finalists, we're looking at the four that are actually in the semi final, yeah. but. You know, uh, McCool's are just at a stage now where they're developing. They're going to have to wait a couple of years to bring the younger fellas that are coming through. Karen Dunna have made great strides. You know, they've become fairly competitive. Um, then you have uh, Bally Shannon in the same boat. They, they have a good underage structure there and there's good young fellas coming through. And then Dunlow, Dunlow I suppose, out the West, you know, they, they, they are, they're, they're a great outfit out there, in fairness to them, like, and, and they're keeping Hurling going out there. They're just a small bit isolated out there, I suppose. And then it, it, it's really, you know, a lot of football around them. Um, but no, um, the more senior teams we can have in within the county, 
the better because then you can start picking four or five of the best and then that feeds into the hurling again but look it is what it is at the minute it'll probably take a couple of years for, for those aforementioned teams to get up to the levels of say where the, the, the Burts of Santa's unions are at the minute Bunkrana but look it's a work in progress and there's been some great work done within the county and within those clubs Yeah and listen can you obviously we're it's looking like I mean Satanda huge favourites to, to get the semi um, St. Unions and Burt you know Burt we're, we're waiting for this uh, the Burt team to come back there was no doubting it, it would at some stage like they went through a bit of a, a barren phase in terms of you know, some of their legends of the game retiring there always was going to be that when you had such a dominant team but they're on the way back as well can always pull out a performance uh, uh, so that that's a that's a real uh, uh, exciting semi-final coming up it's, is this Saturday is it uh, using Friday or Saturday? Uh, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, no Friday sorry Friday evening Friday evening it's on um, yeah um, it, it's going to be a very close game um, I think the other semi-final no disrespect to Bunkrana but uh, I don't think at the minute they have the, the overall team to, to trouble Satanta they met in the, the earlier stages of the championship and I think Satanta won by 10 points um, missed the legs Dex and turned them so it'll probably be a similar scoreline um, as for Burt and St. Unans uh, Unions went down to Burt and, and won easily in the group stage but to me that was pure shadow boxing by Burt because um, they, they were missing four or five of their normal starting 15 and the one thing I noticed that there wasn't a, there wasn't a roar out of them not even a roar out of the management it, it looked like a recon mission right. in, in my eyes <laughs> yeah. and uh, they were just sitting back and just say look we'll see what you have and we'll, we'll, we'll meet you later on the year um, look it's going to be a very close game uh, Unions have a bit of a worry with Sean McVeigh he picked up a hand injury there a number of weeks back and it doesn't seem to be making much progress with it. Um, on the other side then, Burt lost Rona McDermott there to an injury in the inter-county scene with ACL. Um, Limo McKenney, very reliable free taker and a good player. He's a doubt for them. Uh, Christy McDermott didn't play the last night. Look, it's going to be a very, very close game and um, it'll be swung on just the fitness of the uh, both panels. And if I was to say you know, hand and heart, I suppose, to say if, if both teams are full strength and the unions rat themselves, then I would go out by unions by a score or two, but there'll be nothing in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I tried to ring Sean actually today. He, that must have been a sore hand because he didn't answer the phone. So he's listening now. Hey, pick up, pick up, use the other, use the other hand. <laughs> the, the, bring him private in future, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, what a what a what a player he's he's been. Uh, so this this Sedanta uh, juggernaut, you think that um, they're still in, in pole position? You know, it's going to take something amazing if they do get to the final. Whoever comes over the other side, they will be the team uh, to beat. Uh, using yeah, looking at looking at the, the year so far, like they've won all their games comfortably, and you know they've been missing a couple of their. They're noted players like Dixon Coulter, especially. Like he picked up a nasty hand injury there um, in an in inter-county game, and like he's a, he's a massive player for them. But they, they have such good forwards, you know. They have, they have like Rory Campbell and Jerry Gilmore and Bernard Lafferty, and you know, just to name a few. Like you know, they, they're over overall. They are a good team. But look, everyone can be beaten on the day. Yeah. You know, you know, everyone can be turned over on the day. But. At the minute, they they probably are the favourites to win the championship this year. Yeah, yeah and and you just the overall game now, the S and C involved in it. It seems to be 
nearly exploding, well, particularly with a team like Limerick when you look at them in that final. Is that putting a lot of pressure on people to be gymming it up? And, and you know, obviously the, the skills of hurling is, is unbelievable, but the power involved in it now in terms of breaking the tackle and, of course, being strong in the tackle to, to, to hold boys up, it's such a huge part of the game now that you want to get numbers around you want to be strong and then you want to burst out of that tackle like that takes a lot a lot of gym work is that putting a lot of pressure you know county teams are going to do it but club teams as well to, to have lads just training like constantly you know the commitments must be huge you're starting like the the season is not over a month or six weeks when lads are have their programs and they're back in the gym again like because you have to get up to a level to try and match the lads that are coming off into county uh, you seen, you know, in, in the clubs, like you're going to be marking, say, whoever you're marking, like Danny Cullen or Sean McVeigh or whoever you're marking, like, you know, you have to be able to match them for for size, speed, you know, aggression, just sheer power, like, and it is putting a lot of pressure. And it puts more pressure even on dual players, you know, because they're trying to do it for the hurling and the football. Like, every club uh, in Donegal, maybe Satanta side, maybe one or two play with Red Hughes, but um, you have five or six dual players. And they're being, you know, they're being asked to train with the hurlers and with the footballers, and they've training programs for hurlers, they've training programs for footballers, and it, it really is, um, it really is asking a lot of lads. And you know, and you see an awful lot of ACL injuries and, and other injuries starting to younger, younger and younger lads are seem to be getting injured far more frequently. Yeah, and you know. You know, uh, whether that boils down to the, the strengthening conditioning or maybe they're not doing, they're overworking some muscles and, you know, underworking others or whatever, like, because lads are just getting their programs and told to do it themselves. You know, if you're not doing things properly, you can overbuild the muscle and, you, you know, you, there just seems to be an awful lot more injuries. And, um, it maybe has something to do with strength condition. I'm not sure. Mm, I'm just thinking, Eugene. It, it looks like you know, even that you know, forget about county, but obviously it's senior level. If you have a decent senior team, that it's nearly impossible now to to operate in both. I know the likes of our own Sean McVeigh and a few lads would have would have done it well, but it seems to as as the pressure goes up, it's going to be a more harder thing to do. You know, I'm just getting a take from a clock here from Kevin here. The news is coming up. Eugene, that was a great chat, uh, sir. Listen, we'll chat to you as the as the championship unfolds here, and uh, we'll get your views on uh, the champions who come, whoever comes through. Okay, as the as the weeks go on. No problem. Lovely. Thanks for chatting. Okay, bye-bye. Appreciate bye-bye. it bye-bye. there, Eugene Oregon. Kevin. You're welcome, buddy. Thanks very much, Eugene. Pre- appreciate it as ever. I want to keep uh, Kevin right here producing the show. We had a sport and Killy. Stay tuned for the excellent Monday night sessions. Jimmy and Paul are in the house, ready to get things rocking, and I'll speak to you all next week. Check this. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend.